Bear Hardcore Radio, exploring the world's best hardcore punk and all the various subgenres. For the next two hours we will enter a world apart from the rest. The time is now. What's up with that? Let's start jamming. Welcome to episode 78 of Dead Air. It's your host, Trev. I think I might stick with Trev. I might let the old ways of Trevbot die since I haven't been consistent with it. So if you want Trevbot back and you're, you know, a newer listener or a a more consistent listener to the program, uh, let me know. Give me that feedback. for. But for now, I'm going to go with Trev. And third episode of 2018... Uh, personally, just, uh, I think a chiller year for me, um, so far with work is just chill. The hours are a little scarce or sporadic. So I'm working like six, seven days in a row and then have four days off. And it's uh, in some way that's good. But like, once I get the days off, I'm just like in, I'm, I feel like I'm constantly in a haze. So it's rough to keep track of life and be consistent with everything. But yet somehow I have been for the most part consistent with the show and with the website and with all the, 
all the goings on in my personal life. So, so far, so good. Um, obviously, there's a chance of fucking war with the U.S. I haven't kept up on that. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. Um, who knows? Uh, it's always inevitable. Um, that's one thing. It's just like, I'm not the most educated, but like, I feel like thinking of war is just an inevitability. There's got to be a way to break from those mindsets. And just because I don't have an answer doesn't mean I'm not wrong, you know? And it doesn't mean we should just, just because I don't have an answer, we, you don't, uh, doesn't mean we should continue doing, you know, the same things and be on the same path in life and destruction that we've always been. Also, um, quick, quick, uh, change just, uh, from sad topics. Cause I think there's going to be a couple on the docket, even though things are going all right in my life. Obviously there's always, you know, something going on in the world that needs, uh, that needs attention. And I haven't given a lot of attention to Australia uh, dead air the show um, and you know I guess it's just me my my heart goes out to uh, anyone who has lost anyone in Australia anyone who's had who has to rebuild their lives all the millions of animals um, that have lost their lives in the destruction from uh, this natural disaster um and heart, thoughts, prayers go out. Uh, also, if you have, you know, the means and the money to donate uh, to help people rebuild their lives, please do. Because it's, imp it's important. Some people, that's, they lost, you know, people have lost everything they've had in this. And that's no different from any other natural disaster that happens anywhere in the world. But... It's just something to keep in mind when things like this do happen. So moving on to a more hardcore related sad topic. Uh, we talked about, a, a, I think, three weeks ago uh, at the end of the year, at the end of 2019, Elijah um, Nelson from Black Breath um, lost his life and uh, Seattle lost a huge staple in the music community as well as just the Seattle community in general because I feel like that's it goes kind of both ways um, with uh, with that and uh, the East Coast just uh, this week lost a staple in their music community and the one um, hopefully I said I didn't say drummer for Elijah Nelson Elijah Nelson was bassist of Black Breath I don't remember if I, I don't want to go back and see and try to correct myself, but bassist of Black Breath. But uh, Vinny Value, drummer of many New York bands, and you know, as a drummer, like drummers are staples for communities and scenes, specifically for music, just like like just the drummers in the Northwest currently hold the scene together with the multiple bands they usually in, are in. It's very rare to see a drummer 
just throw even throughout the years just stick to one project because they're so not only they're valuable they're necessary important and just like they're the fucking they're the fucking glue man but uh Vinny Value who is in a ton of uh New York projects New York New York hardcore such as Kill Your Idols, No Redeeming Social Value, Gray Area, and Warzone has uh, just recently this week passed away. And hearts go out to everyone in New York hardcore. I'm obviously not. There's only a few people out there um, that, I, that I personally know on a personal level from New York hardcore. So hearts, hearts go out, like, obviously for... The uh, being on this coast, I've only been able to. I haven't. I'm not the best at reaching out, so I'm like. So these, this, a lot of the people, unless I've interviewed them, has been, have been like just me uh, admiring from afar or being a fan from this side of the country and this side of the world. But, but it's it's always obvious when uh, somebody has been a huge part of your life and your scene. And uh, I can see nothing but love for Vinny. Um, just a various amount of bands have been awesome. Warzone is the one that really sticks with me the most, though. Most of his other, all of his other bands have have grown on me over the years. Um, no, uh, no redeeming social value. Um, obviously, I can't relate with some. I haven't listened to all the whole discography, but some. Um, some of the other stuff that they uh, have out like uh, Rocks the Party um, obviously it's just fun same with uh, same with War all of Warzone has, has done something for me Kill um, almost said Killing Time almost said Killing the Dream Kill Your Idols as just the instrumental styles have have uh, grown on me. It's always nice to see like bands just with the overflow of heavy bands that happened in the nineties. It's easy to pick out the, the like overrating champs in punk hardcore for that specific time. Obviously there's so much that I don't know because I didn't grow up in this time. I mean, I did grow up in this time, but I didn't listen to music in this time I didn't absorb shows or go to shows until like almost like you know 10-15 years after some of these points and some of these records um, came out and uh, one, and obviously with that I there are bands that I miss that meant something to people um, like Grey Area uh, a more of a melodic punk band that I in the kind of lifetime lane that I love. It's fucking awesome. I listen to a ton of it and it's super, super good. And I'm, um, but it takes, it's like, um, with me, you got, I, I have to absorb that like little by little, uh, as far as like melodic punk goes, I'll, I'll go, I'll go in and out of it. So when I really, when I'm in it, I'm really in it. But gray area, um, I 
it was something uh, we talked about, like Black Breath. Some people discovered them after this, uh, after the tragic loss. This was a band I never knew about, and I'm happy that I do know. So we're gonna get some music, and uh, also we have James from Time and Pressure on the show today. Uh, it's been, I think, a year and a half since we've had the band on, and we're gonna play talk about their newest record, Gateway City Sound. And I think it'll be a lot better because the quality is going to be ton better because I recorded the last one uh, with a phone app because I was trying to be able to record as much as I can while I'm on the road doing like in between work. And it is it was it was ass. And I'm sure I'll talk a little bit more about it moving forward. But we're going to uh, play some more music. We started off with some music from No Redeeming Social Value. My mic is so fucking far away from the playlist, so it's making it it's making it real hard. But we uh, played off of the Rocks the Party record that came out in uh, roughly 96, 97 from... Like, it, it varies between the places, the, my sources, so it's somewhere in that in that zone. So we played ASPCA, and then we're going to play uh, Gray Area um, with Colossus, and this is off their uh, 2000s record, um, Fan Belt Algebra, and then end it with uh, Sound of the Revolution, uh, self-titled off the 1996 LP from Warzone. Then uh, in just a little bit after that, we will get to Mr. James and talk about some Midwest hardcore. You'll sing to Dead Air, two hours of hardcore radio. We'll be right back. Let's go! Two, three! 
What's up, motherfuckers? This is Bear Bear Mashup telling you to check out the brand new Bear Bear website now. Go to BearBearHeartRadio.com for all podcasted shows as well as news reviews and content you can't get anywhere else. Go now or feel the wrath of my cold, hard robotic legs been kicking you straight in the face. time for Vinny value and family friends anyone who's feeling this and feeling and uh, anyone who's affected in the New York and worldwide hardcore scene so I have my mic closer to the monitor so I think it'll be better now I apologize for my incomplete thoughts it happens more often and if you start listening more you're going to notice that and if you have questions, uh, feel free, uh, deadairnwcz at gmail.com for email, Facebook, facebook.com slash deadairhardcoreradio, and deadairnwcz at both Twitter and Instagram. You can message me anytime. I think this latest episode, I had a couple of people like, what is that? What are you talking about? What does that mean? And that's perfect i like i like to clear up questions i like also it's kind of nice to leave some mystery there even though at some points that's not like you know that's not a always a good thing you want a little bit of mystery and some and have some questions but you don't want people to lose interest or lose complete track of what the fuck you're saying i try to take this advice and sometimes it doesn't work but we're going to move on to some music before we get into our interview. We just played, after that set, we played a song from a Baltimore hardcore band called End It. Uh, it definitely has that kind of like Baltimore, New York connection, kind of with, like with uh, T.Y. has a, new, a little bit of a New, York, a New York style with their own flavor. And it has a lot more New York um, I there's a lot of a New York connection with with 
this band out specifically just with the sound. Um, I'm hearing a lot of uh, Warzone. I'm hearing I'm hearing a little bit of Capo in the vocals, and but a lot of New York fucking hardcore, dude. A lot of New York hardcore. I and I but the way it's packaged, New York hardcore can be just like oh, it's another New York hardcore band. Or it can be groovy and fun, and I—that's what I like about End It, uh, specifically this newest release on uh, Flat Spot Records. And check it out. It's—it's it's called One Way Track. I need to listen to the whole thing, but the what I have listened to it to from it, it's. Um, it, re- it got my ears perked up a little bit like because this is what I want to hear when I want to when I hear a New York hardcore band and I we talked a little bit about it and it has that el- both those elements of like short songs getting get out but also that groove that I'm always that I'm always fucking looking for and I think it also just comes from the time that I that I grew up man like like new metal and just bouncy shit like that's I was that's all that there, you know, was for somebody that grew up like late late grade school into junior high. So like of course it's it's easy for me. I think and it's easy for some people to uh be attracted to the groove when there is there's still a lot of groove near an older New York hardcore to where like some people who grew up on like you know, faster punk or D beat power violence can be like not a fan of the groove but I'm always going to be addicted to the groove as far as the New York hardcore groove because there's obviously more lots of different grooves but that's my that's my groove man that's my fucking groove so check out End It hopefully with fucking all the shows that are starting to come out to Seattle and the Northwest more bands like this will want to come I know it was like kind of a bust for Combust last year, but uh, fingers crossed that the next time a band like this comes out, it'll it'll uh, pop, it'll pop off. So before we get into our interview with James from Time and Pressure, we're gonna play one more song from Chubby and the Gang. If you don't know Chubby and the Gang. You don't know how to fucking have fun and rock. Uh, Chubby Charles, who's an arm race and violent reaction. And then some members of Gutter Knife. It's just fucking UK. UK rock and roll. UK fast ass rock and roll. If you're a fan, if you're on, you know, one of my, the other like syndicated stations that are all about like, you know, traditional punk rock and like more rock and roll oriented um punk rock this is where it's at this is where you this is what you want to do stuff that has a little bit of rock um you know rock and roll influence a little bit of oi influence very fast fun catchy um a pop sensibility and not in like a traditional pop way but like in the rock and roll kind of pop way um the pop sensibility that it's really fucking catchy rock so if you're a fan of that, check it out. Um, if you're just like, you know, not a fan of fun, just, just you know, 
try it out. Take an adventure bite. My mom used to say that to get me to eat food um, when I was when I was a toddler. Take a fucking adventure bite and get get into uh, Chubby and the gang, or at least give it a shot, man. Give it a shot. So we're gonna play off the record. Speed kills. Let me get back to that. We're gonna play Chubby and the gang rule. Okay, the first track off the record. And uh, we'll be back. You're listening to Dead Air, two hours of hardcore radio. And I believe with all of my heart that it is a contributing factor to our juvenile delinquency of today. I 100% believe it. Why I believe that is because I know how it feels when you sing it. I know what it does to you. And I I know uh, the evil feeling that you feel when you sing it. I know the... The, the lost position that you get into in the feet. Well, uh, if you talk to the average teenager of today and you ask them what it is about rock and roll music that they like, and they'll, the first thing they'll say is the beat, the beat, the beat. up on our facebook at facebook.com slash dead air hardcore radio yeah so just like what i was saying earlier like people like to do that like the 90s nostalgia that's like the part of the 90s i feel like no one should be fond of like yeah, no not at all like i wait, see people with like camcorders like those old 90s camcorders taking videos of shows and it's literally just and then drums Waiting, waiting five, like, uh, like wait, I waited like 10 to 15 minutes for just one page to load so I could try to call you. Once I called you, it was fine, but like literally just like sitting there, like, <laughs> and it just like, oh, it's unresponsive. And then I clicked it a million times and then it was fine. It finally like showed up randomly. Um, <laughs> so I was just like, fuck, I, I'm. <laughs> I'm starting I'm starting to hate this little this little fucking this little fucking Dell. Like we have <laughs> we have so many laptops in the studio. I don't know why why we have this. My boss might just like I don't know have have a thing for it. Be fond of of maybe it it takes him back to a to a more simpler time. 
Yeah, the year two thousand six or something. No, this t- dude, this this is like nineteen ninety eight, something like that. <laughs> like it still has a detachable battery to it. Something, yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> like everything else is pretty updated in this studio. It's just this one thing. I think our our like studio, um, like the person who's like head of engineer the engineering the studio just was like when he was setting up, he was like, I'm running out of time to to finish like uh doing a proper setup uh for the studio so i'm just gonna throw this little mat this little this little dell up and you can use that for phone calls but don't use it for anything else because it won't work (laughs) so i started recording already so we got james from uh time and pressure what's up dude i'm good man how are you doing um it's been a hot minute like yeah, I realized that last night. Like, I was trying to think, like, yeah, when was the last time we talked? And it was October of 2018. Like, I went back and listened to that episode, too. Dude, okay. Even when we talk about sound quality, I try – this was when I was trying to, like – I was I was working overnights at um, at the warehouse. And I, so I was trying to find, like, uh, cl- like, better ways for me to, like, do interviews while I'm, like, on the road and, like – and doing stuff that wasn't that quality wasn't very good either because that was a that was an app that i that i downloaded i mean i think it sounded fine considering like everybody that was in better days and everybody was in time pressure that day were like all outside like waiting in lines for that american nightmare matinee show so like they're outside in spring in chicago so it's like still pretty windy on top of like a bunch of people around them all having different conversations yeah, considering yeah, that's 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 pretty good. It's just like in general that app has been was 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 ass. Like I did <laughs> I did one like with Gouge Away, like with that app, and I'm just like I sent I sent that sent that interview back to them, and I got no reply. I was like, like yeah, I feel the same <laughs> way. Like the content was there. It was just like I'm. You know, sometimes I try to cut corners and it just doesn't fucking work. Yeah. So since then, like you guys put out a fucking killer ass uh, new record. Just a was it October uh, or September of this last year? Um, mid August is when mid-August. it like officially like okay. came out. We had the we had the I think it went up for pre order like the fifteenth or something like that, and we did our record release show like two days later. Dude, hell yeah! Like. So it's cool with that because, like, I already really fucking, like, liked you guys. Um, but w- it's cool, like, it's same with Magnitude. I expected it. I expected the LP to be good. And I don't mean it in, like, any disrespect. In, but I didn't, I didn't know it was going to, like, floor me when I, when I start listening to it. Oh, dude, I appreciate that. Yeah, the LP, like... It's it's weird because it was supposed to just be a seven inch, and like side A is all new songs, and then side B was just the demo remastered. So like, I mean, there's like an obvious difference in quality on it. But it was cool for like those demo songs to get like a proper like wider release rather than just like the hundred or hundred and like hundred twenty five tapes that we initially did with Bert last like the last time I talked to you. I think the tape had like just come out. Yeah, it was like barely out at that time. And I yeah, think... I think yeah, yeah, because we we did the the demo was released in August. It was almost a year to the day that we released the demo that we put the LP out. So like somewhere in between like August and December, 
or maybe a little bit after that, is when we did uh, the tape with Bert. Because it all happened, like, relatively quickly. And then the tape did well. And he's like, well, let's let's do a 7-inch. And then it evolved into, well, why don't we put the the demo on the B side, and then we'll just have a full link, like a 12, like a 12 inch instead. And it's like, Oh, okay, whatever. It's your money, dude. <laughs> it, I think it fucking works, dude. Like, Maybe, like, I uh, mean, from what I've heard, seven inches are just like a money pit. Like you won't make, you'll, you'll be lucky to barely break even on stuff like that. It's like, a, that's what he kind of does now is just like one sided 12 inches and like full length and stuff like that for bands. Yeah. It's just like, there are some good bands. Do you do, good bands that do it but like yeah i get i get the i get the one-sided 12 inch uh uh deal like I that's what like... we're doing next the the record we're gonna put out later this year is gonna be a one-sided a one-sided 12 inch that's what we wanted to do initially but you just didn't think we were ready for it yet and so we just did what we did with the gateway city sound i think it worked out really well i'd like to gauge an audience like like poll of like what how would they feel about like one-sided just because like for somebody who like collects or listens avidly, like how they feel, like do they are they annoyed at the empty space, but like on the on the other side of the LP, or are they are they like genuinely like okay with it? Because like in my mind, like a collecting, I like I would like things to be on both sides, but I also get on the other side the like how if it's financially better to to do uh you know a one sided twelve inch versus versus like a full like seven inch with both sides. Like our, our, our drummer made a good point saying like, you know, when you have a seven inch, you have like, I don't know, three to four songs on each side. And so after three songs, you're getting up to change the, like to flip the record or like whatever you're doing while you're listening to it. So like with a, with the one sided LP, I mean, you get all of the songs you would have had on the seven inch just on one side. So you don't have to flip it, which is pretty like a pretty lazy ass like reason, but like, I get it. And on top, like, I just like LPs better because you get to do more with the artwork and stuff on them too. There's yeah. more space for things. So like for that kind of reason, I like it. But I mean, it doesn't really make a difference to me as long as the stuff gets put out. I don't really care what how it looks. And I some th- guy did some guy did an eight track of our record recently. Oh, I what thought the? that was kind of cool. Yeah, like, he does he does like one off eight tracks. I saw it on Instagram, and uh, he put the record on eight track. It's like an actual playable eight track. That's so weird. Like he just does one offs. He did some for like brute force, or they're called Direct Measure now, a band from here. And then like he does it for a bunch of bands, just like stuff that he likes. He makes a fucking eight track of it does like the whole like the artwork he he'll like flip the artwork over to be for like an actual physical a track and then yeah it plays on a player i would love to have like weird stuff like that like uh even though it's kind of a little out of the genre box but the, like when uh zeo did the uh they just recently did that nintendo thing i don't know if you saw oh yeah, yeah yeah they did it dude stuff like that's so cool it's like even if you can't play it like if you like a band enough like it'd be fucking cool to have like a track for whatever reason and but i can play it because i've i've been like i've been a, a console collector since like mm-hmm. since like i was 14 so i have i've always had double of every of every console the only thing that i've never that i haven't ever had and i still need to just buck up and get it is a dreamcast oh fuck it Dude, you can get Dreamcast at like these used game stores around here for like 50, 60 bucks too. Yeah, I would I mainly want it for Sonic Adventures and Sonic Adventures 2. Like I I like grew up just like playing those game playing those games. Yeah. And it was just like and they always had them at like the day camps and the daycares I went to, and I just fucking it was just like they were just like they were fun. They were fun games. Like uh and I just like overall like one of my favorite like genre one of my favorite like consoles looking back but 
going back to like the Zeo thing, like that's so cool. I love, I always love like the MIDI sounds. Like, so if any hardcore band did like, uh, do did stuff like that, if any band doesn't matter, like any hardcore band, metal, whatever, like that, I think that's, I think that's fun as hell. Like, and I would, and I would buy it straight up. Yeah, stuff like that's sick when when bands get like that creative freedom or like able to pull stuff like that off. In like, especially some, some like weird media stuff like that, dude. I I love when bands do shit like that. I would collect like v, like via like if anyone did like VHS tapes for their stuff. Like you talked about the VHS. I love the VHS quality for the visuals because those look cool. Just not the uh, obviously not the sound because like yeah yeah for sure. Like there's some bands that do that. I know there's like some labels that have done uh wasn't there like a there was a give vhs that came out i think like advanced perspective did it like in their early in the early time of them like being a label and yeah. i want to say that i just saw a like a vhs compilation of like shows that someone randomly filmed somewhere in i think maybe california too yeah i, I that and that's cool like in like colorways for that type of stuff i think that's i think that's cool stuff to collect especially if they're like wild ass shows like yeah, I think, yeah. I, I think Gives was like a tour, like a tour diary type thing or something like that. I, I know it was like a few shows, or maybe it was just like some stuff they did on the West Coast. That's but. cool too, like a tour, a, like a, like like a tour documentary almost. Like that, that stuff to, that that'd be cool too. Like something they self released. Like, yeah, I, I think Free of La- uh, Free at Last and Burst of Rage did that on like their full US from like, fuck, how long ago was that? Like that six was, years, I think. That was twenty fifteen, I think. The... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was an advanced perspective thing too. But I remember that. That's on YouTube. And there was another like a VHS quality documentary that someone did over uh, Weekend Nachos that came out a couple of years back too. And like, but but yeah, back to what you we were talking about, like the v, the VHS the quality of sound. Like, I I tried for years. Like before Sunny cleaned it up, the Inside Out videos. Um, listening to those, it was just like it was it was like I it was cool to look at, but it was just like torture to listen to yeah it's amazing that he like sits and deciphers unreleased not even just like seven inch songs stuff like that but like unreleased material and can like make out lyrics for stuff that like you have to sit there and like almost press a speaker against your ear to barely understand part of it because i would watch it and be like all right i'm like has like i'm I'm, like i want to like enjoy watching this i was like uh, I'm kind of like halfway through. I'm kind of over it because I'm, I'm I hate hearing like the fucking peaking sounds of of the of the live set of the live set and just like it just like like the sound starts skipping. Like so, it's yeah, it isn't fucking amazing. Like what he did with those with those videos. Yeah, it's it's wild. So back to like uh, to the LP uh, Gateway City Sound. What made you kind of choose that? choose that name with because so with gateway city with uh your area i always just like there i feel like especially right now um there's a a diverse um kind of sound of of bands i i feel like that come out of specifically your area so what made you uh what what was the thought process behind uh, gateway city sound I'm pretty sure we decided on that name after like a big argument about the about the word or, like about the the title. Um, and I think I can't remember. I think Travis may have suggested it. Um, we kind of modeled everything as far as like the aesthetic of the LP and like the design of everything off of like old blues and jazz records, uh, specifically like Midwest jazz records and like stuff from St. Louis. And 
I, I run, or used to, I don't anymore, uh, used to book under Gateway City Hardcore uh, for like all the shows that I did through St. Louis, so it kind of just was like a mashup of, of all of that, and then that's kind of where we just came up with it. We've always been very much like a, we want people to know what city we come from as far as our band, so I feel like that was just a big thing for us, was to make sure that people, like, when you see the record, you automatically know, like, oh, this band's from St. Louis. Yeah, that's, that's, and that's dope, like, like I said, we've, we've, we talked about the last time, I fucking love the, I love all the St. Louis bands, they always have been super, super fun to talk to on the show, they've always been awesome, and it's like, there was a time, like, when your band first, like, uh, contacted me all these st louis bands started like sending stuff to me talking to me and it's it was it's been it's been really cool like i love getting that like perspective and it's it also just help it just like helps because until like right this uh this very like last six months it's been a you know a a dry spell in uh, our part of the country in the pacific northwest and it's it's really picking up as of right right now um and like having just hearing people getting stoked on hardcore in other places is always is always like it's a nice feeling yeah definitely i mean we spent the last like year doing a lot more like fests and a lot more touring and stuff like that so it's it's been really cool going to like different regions and seeing like how they react to bands that, like our size rather than like big touring bands that have like agents and stuff like that because everything we've done has just been like me annoying people on Facebook or like messaging people and be like, "Hey, do you want to book us?" And then it somehow works out. So it's been really cool, just like kind of seeing like different scenes and like how they do things rather than like how we do things at home and stuff like that. It just seems like hardcore is in this really cool like togetherness type thing right now, where everyone's kind of like working towards the exact same thing, and it's just like getting more people into it. I don't, I don't know if I'm explaining it correctly, but like. I don't know, it's just been really cool to see, especially over the last, like, six to 12 months. Yeah, like, same with us. Like, I think I've, I, I probably, the last time I, I told you, we were, like, when we were talking, we were in, a, like, a dry spell, and, like, there are literally, God, there are m- more shows than I can even count in just this month alone right now. And Yeah, it, that, it, that's how we were for, for all of 2019. Like, I booked a big majority of, like, the hardcore that comes through. And I think I did 28 shows last year, maybe 26. And then the year before was about like about the same, like 24 ish. Yeah. We, uh, like... yeah, we just had, we just uh, got over a weekend where we uh, did a, did a um, thing with Gulch. Um, oh yeah. The, the Justin the gig weekend. Yes. That was absolutely. Dude, amazing. I saw videos from that. Holy shit. Like ingrown. Uh, was, I love that band. Ingrown is so sick, and like the there was just so many fucking people there too. It was, it was wild. Like watching some of those videos, dude. Like and that's and that's literally ten minutes away from this studio, fifteen away, fifteen away from my house. Um, and it's like it was just like an amazing feeling to just like just drive down the street and like I I mean I'll travel because I always do. I'll travel for fucking hardcore. But like when I always will take advantage when I can when I can like go down the street and and take in hardcore and go into a building that was a sold oh basically a sold out show. Like full like full of people and people I've never 
seen or people who have listened to the show and have taught and like came and like just like introduced themselves like it's just like this is something i've been i've been waiting for for a long time it's just like i was grinning from ear to ear the whole the whole evening like yeah it's so sick when stuff like that happens like every so often that kind of thing will happen here and i like totally reaffirms like okay cool this is like a good thing that's happening like i'm doing the right thing by being involved and like still booking and things like that no matter how annoying it can get sometimes dude at some point i would i want to get i want to see time and pressure on one of these just another gig quarterly gigs because i think it would go fucking bonkers dude we just we've been getting tagged in a bunch of stuff about it today on twitter actually uh i guess like the people who put it together asked like who they want to see on the next one and a a handful of people were tagging us saying that they want to have us come out there it's just like man that's so far away (laughs) i never realized like how far like that's part of the country is from us until like we were talking to uh devin from rejection pact a while back and he's like oh yeah like you just swing through boise and like we can we can do a few days like out towards that way And i was like oh okay cool like i feel like boise's not that far and i looked and it's like fuck it's like 1300 miles from us i was like oh yeah, maybe I'll we'll have to fly for that one. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. Yeah, with Boise, like if you went to Boise, Boise would be like another like seven or eight hours, something like that. See, that's not too bad. We're kind of used to like longer drives because everything's pretty spread out in the Midwest. Like we went, we went east over the summer for like I think it was like ten days, and most of the drives were like three to four hours. It was it was so much nicer than sitting for seven to eight. Yeah, because I'm. I was like, I was telling Devin um, that we need to get rejection packed on that next one too. But like the whole thing, like uh, the Booker was talking to me at the gig, and like it's gonna be like a quarterly thing to like a to like amp things up instead of like a yearly fest, a quarterly like long day like thing. I think that's like I was like, damn, you're like a freaking hardcore marketing genius. Yeah, that's a good idea. I like, was like, Hold. I mean, everyone looks forward to like the main fest over the year. But I feel, there's just so many fests that it's like it's honestly hard to keep track of them. And like just doing one day is is not that hard. Like if you plan ahead, like and he he like booked this in October, so he had like mo- months and threw it in people's faces for uh, for months and months and da- like daily daily th- uh you know things on on all the social medias until like. It like real he he did a fucking amazing job on that, dude. That's why I always tell people is like if you're gonna book shows, do not be afraid to punish your timeline. Because some of those people will get to like because I saw people that I haven't seen in years. Like I haven't seen and there's a couple I haven't seen in a in a full on decade. Jesus, dude. <laughs> sometimes it just takes like the right show or like just like the right time for people, and they just start coming back. That happened. We had Chemical Fix here. Uh, like uh, two weeks ago, we did four shows with them. The last one was here before they started to head home. And like, I was expecting like 25, 30 to show up. Maybe like I was, I was looking forward to maybe that many people showing up. And I think it did like 65, like on a Thursday. So it was just like, Oh, okay. This is, it is just like people I've literally never seen before in my life. That's, and that's the same thing. Like I didn't talk to everyone, but it was just like people like, when people are like, Hey, how are you doing? It's like, yeah, I have a, I'll be like, yeah, I have a seven year old kid. I was like, what? And they, they'd be like confused. Like, yeah, I'm a full, I'm a full grown adult now. <laughs> like, 
Like it's not it, not it, high school wild. anymore. I, it's weird because, like, I've noticed older people that, like, got out of it for a while are coming back. And I want to say, like, part of that could be because of Axe to Grind. Because it may be, like, I have a friend here that used to go to, we used to go to shows together all the time. And then he got kind of busy with just, like, life and work and stuff like that. And he kind of stopped coming around as much. And then he just got back into Axe. He just started listening to Axe to Grind recently. And since then, it's just been, like, asking about new bands and, like, coming to shows way more often and like all this other stuff it's it's wild i think it's just like the easy accessibility and people are just like more prone to being like or not looking for things but being told like hey you might like this and that kind of just piques their interest again yeah. something they've stopped caring about maybe and i think it's like the podcast thing because like also I've, I've noticed this through just through other podcasts and and other like various like people are starting to buy buy more merch online like these the people in the money demo that are like that they're now like in a comfortable place where their schedule lines up where they have a a nine to five and they can plan out their lives like they'll be like okay well this weekend i gotta i gotta go to my kid's soccer game and next weekend i can go to the hardcore fest yeah, and you're not scraping by with like six jobs working retail and serving and cooking and like all this other shit trying to just barely make rent. I mean, that's I mean, I'm still like I'm on that I'm on that I read that line, but like I make it I make it I make it happen. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, it's a uh, I think that's uh, that's another that's another thing's like some of these people I haven't seen like yeah, they just they just finished up like a lot of people I talked to is like, yeah, I just finished up college and like I just got a job and you know a house and a car and like now I can kind of kind of think about like going and doing this stuff again and that that usually that's usually just the way it happens. It's not like they don't some people there is people who just straight up don't care or just went because they were hang, coming to hang out with their friends, but then there's some people who are just like generally like I've missed this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So. Going back to uh, time and pressure, uh, let's talk just a little bit like about like recording and who you recorded with. I don't I don't know any of those uh, any of that info, but like when I listened to it, um, it just gave me the the same like clear crisp production feel in the same way of when I when I first listened to uh, Mindsets Leave No Doubt for the first time. Like it just like everything came through clear and hit in all like the right ways. Uh, we record with Andy Nelson up in Chicago at his uh, studio called Bricktop. Uh, Andy has done like, ah, fuck, he's done so he did every weekend nachos release except for like the very first seven inch. I think he was in weekend nachos for a long time. I think he was in it the whole time actually. But uh, he did that. He's done like uh, I think he did the last Foundation record. And okay, I that want to say sense. he did like the Never Ending Game LP maybe. That and makes sense. Some other stuff, but yeah, he Andy is. I hate recording. Recording is my least favorite part of being in a band. It was always annoying. I fucking hated it. But with him, like I look forward to it now. So, so like, um, he he just works well and like knows what we're going for. So it was really easy just to be like, hey, like this is what we want the things to sound like. Here's our demo. If you can help us, that'd be sick. So he's like, yeah, we'll schedule some time. You guys can come up for the weekend and we'll knock these songs out. And I think we spent like two full days recording with him. And then Pete Grossman, who is another engineer at Bricktop, uh, actually mastered the record, too, for vinyl and for digital and all that other stuff. And that's who we're going back to in April to spend another three days there. 
Yeah, I just think like when you when you get something like what you have with Gateway City Sound, you just you just keep with the same formula, keep with the same people because like that's it's it like what you have is a what you have sound wise is absolutely like like perfect and flaw and flawless for what you're going for. Yeah, Andy does a great job. He's just like super laid back and like every so often they'll like give you little suggestions like, oh maybe you know, do this a little bit differently, or that sounded a little slower. Maybe like you know, we'll we'll do another take of it. Plus, like the studio is super great. Like it's it's in a good area of Chicago. Uh, you're allowed to stay there, like sleep there, like the entire time you're recording. So like you don't have to get hotels, and like you can just stay up and and fuck around with like all the stuff he's got in there. It's it's super cool. Like we're gonna go back in in April for three days to do uh, the next EP that's on Safe Inside. And yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. We'll actually have three full days, so we'll be able to take our time a little bit more on this one too. That's that's dope. And so that's so your plan. That's something to plan to release like this year. Yeah, yeah, we have two records coming out this year, actually. Oh, so two EPs. Um, one of them. When does this episode come out? Because on Friday everything gets announced. This will be out. This will be out next week. So. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So on Friday, this upcoming Friday, um our California tour gets announced. So we'll be in California for like five days in the middle of March. And then the same day our we're doing a split seven inch with discourage from the Bay. Uh, that's coming out on patient zero records. And it's just a split seven inch. Uh, we're doing two songs. They're doing two songs. Dope. And then shortly after, not shortly after, but later that year, I think in the summer we're shooting for me like late summer, uh, another eight song, uh, one side of twelve inch will come out for us through Safe Inside from Birth. All right, like you're, you're guys keeping hella busy. Not you're not you're not letting up for for one second with uh, Dude, with what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> all of us, all of us have like well, not all of us, but most of us have like jobs and like kids and responsibilities and shit. So we're just like fuck. We need to cram all of this into like the next like two to three years, but in case it doesn't, like in case we're not able to like next year. <laughs> I I complete I completely understand. Also, just like with because uh, like I you know you you talked about Axe to Grind and other podcasts. Like it is it's an it's an interesting thing, and in, like you do need to keep that hustle up, and like you always do need to like you know keep releasing music to keep people interested. And then there's also that balance of like like people have been talking about like the amount of releases that came out last year in oh, yeah, the hardcore genre. Like it's, we were going to do a tape for the, for this two songs. And then like the seven inch thing just like kind of came to fruition from discouraged. Cause they're going to be on a couple of the days that we're doing California. And they're just like, well, we need somebody to do this split. I was like, well, we were initially going to do like a flexi through safe inside, but I was just like a seven inch might be a little bit easier to push. I was like, we can just use it as like two song promo type of thing for the, for the record that comes out later. I was like, we need to like, somewhat release music on like a six to eight month basis it seems like at this point just because so much is coming out all the time but on the other end you want you want to make sure you're not doing too many songs for those releases because you don't want the like the ones on the latter end of your of your release to get like overlooked if you're with if 2020 is like anything like 2019 like because they're like i said like full lengths i still haven't finished the full like listening to the full like division of mind record that everybody has been talking about. Dude, it's a good one. <laughs> it's right. It's really good. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Like we got kind of lucky. We were going to do a promo 
of like two songs of, for something for this record. So like the the split seven just kind of came at a really good time. Plus like I feel like our record's a little bit easier to get rid of and push than flexies. Flexies are cool because I mean they're cheap. It's kind of like a seven inch, but it's like on the same wave as like a tape to me. Like it's a cool physical media thing to have for people, and people will be into buying it because they want to support a band or they want to have like physical music. But like I just don't see a lot of people playing a flexi. Plus I think you can only play them like a certain amount of times until they they just don't work anymore. Oh god, that's not good. I'm, I'm not for sure on that, but like I think like from like a few years back, I remember someone saying like, "Yeah, you can only play flexies like 20 times, and then they just like the grooves wear out." I was like, "What the fuck?" That okay. makes that makes sense though. I I mean I've never purchased one, but I've but seeing how flimsy those guys those things are, like dude, it's just like thick. It's like those overhead transparency papers, but like a little bit thicker. I have one. I've bought one flexi in my entire life, and it's just the chemical flex, the chemical fix one. Yeah, so I could I could see where that's just like, it's literally like a gimmick and something to get just to literally get out there. But on the other hand, I've I like, I keep referencing to other things that I've heard like, like that's like the physical release you want you want to do if you have like some short ass songs like, because I think where there was one that was talking about like how some they put like two somebody put like two or four like four like 40 second songs on a seven inch yeah and that's like oh just a waste yeah it's a way you can fit like <laughs> we get seven minutes on the side that we're doing now and then we, we were all we we're gonna do two songs and a lana del rey cover but we ended up cutting the cover just to, like save a little bit of time for us on recording and stuff like that oh fuck the think... day i'm 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 interested that's a that's a vibe i'm <laughs> dude we 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 uh we're on our way to milwaukee like we did uh like we did a small tour with defeater over september and like norman fucking rockwell had, like i think just come out or maybe like i had it in my on my spotify list of like things to listen to and i finally had gotten to it so we listened to that record from i think like from home to milwaukee for the for the second day of those shows and i was just like man this is a good record dave was like our, our other guitar player really liked it too and then he was just like hey i wrote a cover for that first song on that record if, you, if we want to do it for something so we were going to do it for that split but i think we're just going to record it anyway during that session and just like kind of have it just to for like other things or just like throw it online or something like that it's I'm, a it's it's a different we were going to do like a jawbreaker cover or something like that but then we we're just like well, fuck it let's just do this land out right one that could be cool it's a vibe it's a vibe like it's it's definitely it's i feel like it'll be like a hate it or love it type thing like with dude that's with, how i'm feeling about it now like <laughs> we were me and drew our singer were sitting down like just kind of going through the chords and stuff of it and i was like man this just sounds like a fucking green day song like you'll definitely get people talking. Like I don't think anyone like for you covering a pop a pop song will nobody will discredit like the re- and if anybody discredited the rest of your great music because they because you decided to put out a cover of a pop singer, then they're fucking dumb. No, this is gonna be it. This is gonna this is what's gonna take us down. We're not gonna get canceled. No one's gonna say anything stupid on the internet. We're gonna put out this pop cover, and people are just be like, you know what? I think I'm done here. <laughs> no. That's... That man, that'd be so dumb. Like, I think it's. I think it'll be cool. I think people will be into it if we can. If we can do it well. If it sounds like ass, then no one will ever hear it. But I mean, maybe I'll, I'll send it to you if we do it. And it sounds fucking it. stupid. <laughs> I promise I won't play it. I have. I have plenty of unsent material that I, that I have. I'm never allowed to to show to the public. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll end up recording it. It could be cool. We just like we we talked about doing like a Green Day song or like 
a jawbreaker one just because like discouraged is from the bay and it'd be kind of funny but then we're just like well let's let's drew is like definitely adamant about wanting to do like non-hardcore songs and turn them into hardcore songs he's been wanting to do a tegan and sarah song for like eight years i think that might be cool i don't know like like see i like I know, all these the weird part i like, like man, all these sounds... artists too i like i love like everything that you suggested like listening on record i i wasn't a big lana del rey uh, person for a while and then i started listening to the later the most recent like two records and i'm i've warmed up to it i've always loved tegan and sarah Dude, he wants to do. Uh, let's see, he wants to do. I think he wants to do "Call It Off." Oh, I love, dude! I love dude, most. It's a good record. It's a really good record. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, we could maybe do that. And then and I don't then, know. It's just one of those things that like kind of falls by the wayside. But I think since our guitar player like went and wrote this Lana Del Rey cover and like programmed drums on it and stuff to kind of give us the idea for it, everyone's kind of just like, yeah, okay, maybe we can try it. Like Jawbreaker is cool, but it's so safe. Like it's super. That's super safe. Like to. Like you can get a like people will. It's one of those things that like it'd be fine, but I think it'd get overlooked after a while. Yeah, but like if you, I, do, I think that's what he's kind of thinking too. He just wants to do something weird. Like I, I mean, there's a handful of bands that have already covered like Jawbreaker, and like it'd be it'd be fine. Nobody would be mad, or I just don't. I think everyone would just be uh, just like. Yeah, whatever. Sure, very shoulder shrug about it. Yeah, we're trying to get on one of those Punk Goes Pop uh, compilations that Hot Topic used to sell, so I figured like, this is the next best step for it. <laughs> oh my god. Dude, do they they stopped doing those finally, right? I think. I don't know. I have no idea. I, I hope not. I, I remember they did like Punk Goes Country and like oh all god. that weird type of shit. We talked about doing a Ska song at one point, too, but I was just kind of like, eh, I don't hate myself. I have to do that. So. Oh, that's, that's, that's some... That's, that's some rough territory that you'd be <laughs> going into. I think we, I think we talked about doing a Sublime song because for some reason, like three of us got really, like really back into Sublime over like the last six months. Sonically, like for what they do, like Sublime is. I people talk shit on that band, but I don't see like it, if you're just not into the vibe. That's that's fine, Dude, but just, like for what white, they it's do, just white trash ska. That's all yeah. it is. It just reminds me of like people walking down the street or like down the side of the highway with like giant gym shorts on <laughs> and like a big gulp. That's what it reminds me of. It's just white trash sky, which, you know, I'm fucking for it. I, I feel like I, I can, I can easily see myself putting out those vibes like in the summer. <laughs> like big, Dude, it's just, it's just relatable music. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> to white trash, big gulp drinkers. I'm trying yeah, to. That's, that, that's there too, dude. I'm I'm speaking from like experience. When I was younger, in like my early high school days, I dated a girl who really loved Sublime. I'm just I'm not saying that you know she did that, but I could definitely see her doing that. I'm trying to think what's in that big gulp. I'm for me, dude. That, like, you know prob- damn well it's Mountain Dew in that big gulp. For me, oh yeah, dude. If it was, if it was anything ten, like, like. Anything under under eighteen for me, that'd be it'd be it'd be Mountain Dew. It'd be it'd, it'd be it'd every be regular. Time. Or it'd be it'd be Code Red. Oh, uh, I, I if I if I did Code Red, I mixed the two. Oh, God, it makes my teeth hurt. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> like yeah, I haven't had soda in like fuck. I think it's been like two years almost at this point. So like the thought of drinking soda like makes my stomach hurt. And I do uh, Mountain Dew. It, 
code red mixed together makes me want to throw up. Oh man, I try. I've tried, but I work in the I work in like the security in the bar industry, so it's just like there's free soda, free Red Bull, all that stuff, and it's so hard. Like, dude, when I, I work door and I work security at a venue, no excuses. Oh, just man. bring just bring a water bottle. Honestly, that's the best thing. Like I have like a just like a like a a metal water bottle that I carry around with me literally everywhere I go. Yeah, but I like I try to it helps me stay up, man. I'm giving myself too many excuses. Dude, I started drinking energy drinks over the last like pretty much since time of pressure started, since we since I usually do like our, our overnight drives. I got really into bangs for a while and holy shit. It makes your heart feel like it's going to explode. That's same with those uh cuz same with those uh five hour energies like yeah i did that one time um when i was in a when i was in a band and i played i played a house show and i i accidentally think i forgot if i if i drank uh one i uh, drank one so i ended up drinking two and that shit was was rough man i had a hard time talking in between the songs cuz my i just literally Dude. thought my heart was literally just going to just stop or explode in my chest and I was just going to fall down to the ground. Bangs and Rain both have 300 milligrams of caffeine in them. And like it doesn't sound like a lot but like a Monster or Red Bull I think is like 150. Yeah, I just... So, so like over the summer I would drink one of those and then take these like 100 milligram caffeine pills that I got from a gas station I take like three of those and just six hours let's drive. Yeah, that's that's why I do, and that's mainly why I do Red Bull, like, because uh, obviously, like I said, because I get a ton of free ones, and then I did, I usually don't, I don't drink it usually during my shift, but like when I go home, like because I, I commute like forty five minutes to an hour, and yeah. like coming home at fucking, coming home at four between four and six a.m. is, can be rough r- right at the fucking end of the drive. And I'm just like, I've, I've, it's, that's a, like, going, I've almost, like, done some dumb stuff, almost falling asleep. Yeah, that's, that's why, like, as soon as we start a drive, that's my ritual. I drink one, and then I take, like, two, like, one to three caffeine pills, depending on, like, how far we have to go. Yeah. Like, when we drove from, we went to the, we were in the West Coast during, or the East Coast during uh, the Half Heart Reunion. So we went to the first show at the Palladium. And then we had a show at Rochester the next night. So, like, after the half-heart show at, like, 1230 or 1, I just downed all that and was like, all right, cool. Let's drive to Rochester. Do ca- Wait, do the caffeine pills have kind of a crash? I've never had a caffeine pill. Um, Kind of. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to tell because I mix it with other stuff. So, like, we drove, I think it was, like, seven hours. And we got to – my dad lives in Rochester, so we got there – and I just, like, kind of pulled up, and, like, I feel, you, like, feel tired. Like, your body feels tired, but your mind and, like, your heart won't stop racing. So you're pretty much just, like, laying there trying to fall asleep and your brain screaming at you. All right. That, I mean, that's fair. I haven't done any long drives in a hot Dude, it sucks, like but, that. like, I'd rather, like, not die than do it. I usually just, like, do that and then put on this really bad playlist I have on my phone of, like, really bad, like, white girl dance pop. I'm just like, all right, cool. Let's, let's, who's staying awake with me for half of this? Yeah, I, man, and then I usually try to fucking, like, uh, like, use that time, using my, like, fringe time to review records, like, 
for the show and shit. And like, that's where like that's where like get, gets rough because I'll always be like, uh, th- think that I don't like I'll I'll be on the fence about records because I'm like falling asleep. Yeah. Like while I'm while I'm doing it, like, and then some. Yeah, I hadn't listened to like uh, any of Fucked Up's records in years, and people were like, "Oh, you should." review this for the show sometime just for like the 20 like you know records of the 2010s and then i listened to it was like dude i almost fucking like i almost drove off the road like listening (laughs) to david comes to life Life is like the only fucked up record that i can really really get behind everything else i'm just kind of indifferent about but david comes to life very very good record but yeah that's what i'm saying david comes to life when i'm like at at like 5 a.m. when you've been up since 5 a almost 5 a.m. the the previous day like it's yeah it's kind of garbage at 5 a.m. <laughs> it's not it's not like that's, I'm that's trying to usually start... why I'm listening to like the first Boston record or like some like Lady Gaga record I'm just like okay cool like I know the words to this I can stay awake and we won't flip yeah like that was like like I'm I made a really bad judgment doing that like I was just like, oh fuck, and I thought, I I think I went to go pick up my girlfriend. No, yeah, my girlfriend at work, because she was at a work meeting, and like I almost I, I remember like getting in the parking spot, but I was so tired I forgot to fucking like actually put it in park. So oh, I, shit. so it's like an M Wells empty Walmart parking lot. So I just like kept. It just kept going. <laughs> See, dude, that's that's why I overdo it with the caffeine, so shit like that doesn't happen. I, yeah. I get too wired, and then I'm just, like, awake when everybody else is asleep. Like, when we get to a hotel or a house or wherever we're staying, and then I'll end up just, like, laying on the floor for four hours, just staring at the wall and being like, oh, man, this this sucks. Yeah, that's why I'm trying to, like, maybe just fuck the soda, but, like, uh, get definitely, man, it's, it's a hard thing for me. I could probably cut soda, but cutting like energy drinks and Red Bull is gonna be a struggle. Yeah, I, I try to only do it when like we're gone and stuff like that, but like I don't know, it just kinda of depends on my mood. Like if I need to get a bunch of stuff done, like clean my whole house and then like do like booking agent crap and like other bullshit like that, then I'll then I'll drink one like early in the morning and then just be running around my house all day. Right on. So hell yeah, it's good to good to fucking talk to you again. Um Awesome how like the fucking record is slaps, man. Um I'm really I really, really hope that I know it's a long ways out, but like I think with with what happened this last weekend, it would be worth it for some time for your band to come to our corner of the of the world right now. Dude, we definitely want to. Like I have never been to that part of the country, so I've always wanted to go check it out just because like when we have time and we're able to like go explore certain places and like go look at like nature shit, it's real cool. And I've always wanted to do that in like that whole area. Northwest in the summer, in the spring, absolutely you can't fucking beat it. It's a it's a hidden gem in our in our country. Like people don't understand how like how dope summers in the Northwest is because it's when it's hot, it's like the perfect hot. It's warm, but not too warm because you're all by the water. The water's very cool. Um, if you get, I wouldn't, I would say go to Seattle over Tacoma. Like if you're going to the water, cause the fucking, uh, Tacoma over by the Bay, it stinks. We have a thing <laughs> called the aroma of Tacoma. It's not, <laughs> it's not good. But as far as going to Tacoma and shows like going other places, Tacoma, it's, it's dope as hell. The view of Mount Rainier is beautiful.
beautiful. It's just there's there's a lot of cool things to to uh, get into and just like look at and explore in Washington on the in the summer. Yeah, we definitely want to try to make it out there at some point next year. Even like like if it's for one of the just another gig things or just to go out there for like a week or a weekend and and play a couple shows. Like just any excuse to like go places. That's like the whole reason like we even wanted to do this band was just like a good reason to like go visit places we've never been before. And that's and that's huge. That's why that's why like I love I love traveling to go to to I don't mind traveling to a fest too because like going going and like exploring the area too, giving myself time to to just hang out with friends, but also go and look at where I look at other places where I'm at because I this place you know I've grown up and I've lived here my entire life. There's plenty of other places to to go explore in Washington, but like. Like it's nice to be like out of town. Yeah, for sure. We don't really get a chance to do a lot of stuff in certain places, depending on like what the drive is like and what our schedule is like. But like over the over the summer when we were on the East Coast, we got to like explore a lot of stuff. We got to go to some different beaches and like Western Massachusetts ended up being like one of the prettiest places I've ever been to, which I was like surprised by for some reason. <laughs> but like we ended up going like a waterfall and just like getting to do cool stuff like that, like go swimming and bullshit and like. Rhode Island beaches and stuff like that was that's that's my favorite part of us getting a tour as much as we do. Like we're going to the southeast in the summer, and I'm just excited because I've never been anywhere other than Florida in that part of the country. That's dope. And like one one last thing, geographical, because I I apologized for the for our um, ancient technology. I also we're also a little bit late because. Uh, people in Washington like I hate making that excuse to someone specifically in your part of the country about dude I grew up in Texas I know exactly what you meant when you said it like like they close fucking like we don't even have that much snow they close roads it's we would get snow when I lived in Texas we'd get maybe like a quarter of an inch and I wouldn't have school for two days like I I did not (laughs) I was not in danger today going to the Go coming to the studio across town, yet they closed one of the major freeways. Yeah, as soon as you said it, I knew exactly like what you were talking about. Because I mean, I've only lived in Missouri for I think like 13, 14 years at this point. I like grew up in Texas where we never get snow. So like we can get six to eight inches here, and my kid still has to go to school. But like a third of that, or like would shut down an entire city. Yeah, we don't have we don't know how to handle life. Like seriously, like I. I'm lucky because also like if we did get snowed in for a couple days and that's a rare thing it happens every every other year maybe like where it's a year it's the roads are not you're not able to travel without four wheel drive for like one to two days tops um, and just because most of the you don't want even if you're a good driver you don't want to be on those roads because people are just sliding all across the fucking road and i yeah, don't want every get, good driver there's like 15 shitty ones i don't want to get yeah i don't want to get hit like i'm not i'm not about that like i went to i went down to california for a fest uh, a couple of years ago and we're also seeing uh, my partner's family as well and the um i made it down the i had to go at a at like snail pace and because all the other cars were just sliding into ditches left and right. Yeah, like, my dad lives out in Rochester, and they'll get, like, feet and feet of snow constantly. He told me he had to pull over one day on the highway because 
there was just so much snow, like people were getting stuck. He was on the side of the highway for like four hours. And that's just like a normal occurrence during the winter. Yeah, it's just people are just extremely just dumb out here. Like about how uh, like if you just slow down, calm down, you can make it. It won't. It it's not. It's not the end of the world. And you can all we can all do this. But people <laughs> just just don't know how to handle it. And like I like I said, living like I live right next to a Safeway. Um, I live right next to a, like a store, and like I go in there, and it's fucking um. Like all the bread, everything is gone. Like yeah, they, it's fucking kids. Milk, bread, and eggs. It's like everyone's making French toast for like six days. They they freak out and they take everything and just like I see one person with an entire fucking like <laughs> like grocery cart of bread and I'm just like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> it's just like there's nothing else in there, just bread. <laughs> I've, dude, they get, they get the right idea. When the apocalypse comes, bread's gonna be the currency. <laughs> yeah, I, dude, he's really getting that bread. Fuck. <laughs> he's literally, he's literally going to be the fucking bread man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's, solidifying, he's solidifying his future. You just walking in there, getting like, you're getting a fucking Red Bull, or you're getting a soda. He's just like. Pfft. Fucking idiot could be getting this bread, but you're not. And now look at you. <laughs> six months, six months from now, when it's a frozen tundra, we fucked. No bread. He's gonna no be eggs, a fucking. No he's literally <laughs> just, just empty bottles of Mountain Dew to make a raft from the fucking snow melt. He's gonna. He's literally gonna be the fucking kingpin. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking. <laughs> the fucking Wonder Bread kingpin. He's going to be slinging that Dave's Killer bread. Oh, my God. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> that fu- I'm already... I don't even know this person. or know this name. I don't even know. But I'm already just pissed. <laughs> I don't... Dude, I'm just saying, this This should help you better prepare next time. You know, don't make fun of the bread, dude. Yeah, Try but... make friends with the bread, dude. Maybe make friends with the fucking egg guy. Get a couple <laughs> gallons of milk, maybe. You know, you'll be set to go. You'll be good. You'll be good. Well, actually, being vegan, it actually helps because literally those sections are untouched. Yeah, so you can just get like ten gallons of just egg, spend enough, spend like fifty dollars on that, and then we get to go. Dude, it's seriously nobody. Yeah, nobody like, especially in my area. Maybe in Seattle, that like in like the bigger areas, like that'll be that'd be an issue. But but like in my hometown, at that store. Yeah, no one's no one's touching the vegan section. It's literally like, it's literally full. So, so you're fucking set. You're good to go. I'm not worried about you anymore. I'm worried about everybody else. Yeah, I'm gonna get their bread from Dave. <laughs> Dave the Killer Bread Kingpin. <laughs> Shit. Um, what a what else uh, would you uh, want to talk about for time and pressure at this point in the. Let people know that we have that we didn't uh, or haven't previously in previous conversations. Um, let's see. As far as like this year, we're doing LDB the pre-show uh, on the sixth of February, so like in a few weeks, and then I think like a month after that, or no, a month and a half after that's when we go to California. We'll be in California from the seventeenth of March to the twenty-first, I think, or twenty-second. Uh, just going up and down, or up the entire state, starting in San Diego and ending up at Mutiny on the, Mutiny on the Bay at uh, Gilman Street in Berkeley. And then we record in April, and then we do Prom Core in May again. And then 
June, we're gone for another 10 days in the southeast, headed to, like, Richmond and then down to Florida and, like, back up through, like, all the hottest fucking states in the entire country, like, during the summer with no air conditioning because, uh, you know, that's a good idea. Dude, and then uh, I think, night I don't drives, know what we have buddy. planned, like, the later half. Those are going to be some night drives. You need night drives. Dude, we haven't had air conditioning the entire time in this van, so we're just kind of running with it now. We, like, this is the only time when I told them the routing, they're just like, well, maybe we should look into getting that motor fixed. I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> maybe. Maybe we fucking should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's it for right now. I mean, like, the later half of the year, we kind of just have to wait on to see, like, if there's other fests that we're playing. Or uh, For now, we pretty much just, like, plan to do weekends as much as humanly possible with, like, the occasional, like, four to five to, like, ten-day tour as we can. And then, like, the new record will be out in the summer. Once that happens, then we'll be out a bunch the last half of the year. Well, you guys are just riffing and gigging. You guys are fucking killing it. You guys are fucking killing it right now. Lots of people Dude, it's, are it's knowing weird. who you are. It's so weird. Because, like, none of us have been in a band that, like, anyone gave a shit about. So, for, like, anybody to put the, the LP in their top ten this year was, like, super cool. <laughs> like, that's, like, the coolest thing as a band, I think, that we've done personally, at least. And I mean... Is that people just liked the music. Because you can, like, put out half-assed, like, records and still just, like, tour a lot. And, you like, it'll stick. But for us to, like, not tour as much... And for people to, like, really like the music and, like, really resonate with, like, Drew's lyrics and stuff like that, it's just been, like, super cool. It's, like, very humbling and uh, it's just been really neat for us. Especially for places you haven't even played yet. Yeah, that's been the weird thing. Like, when we tour, like, we consistently have had, like, pretty, like, good shows. Like, this last run we did with Chemical Fix, like, the average number of people that were paying was, like, 50 to 60. And for, like, Chemical Fix, who'd never been really outside the East Coast, it was super sick for them, like... They love coming to the Midwest now. And then, like, just for us to, like, go to places we haven't been or places that we hit, like, in the very beginning of our band and, like, go back and the shows do really, really well like that, it's, it's been really awesome. Well, I'm just I'm just happy. If, if anything, if, it, if this uh, newest record, if this latest record is anything to tell for your future releases, it's, it's something to get excited about because that Gateway City sound is, like, absolutely, like, a fucking killer record like i said like i said like it's changed with magnitude like i love that i loved their music and i loved the, i loved what they had before but then when they came out with their with their lp it was just like holy fucking shit Dude, yeah that that magnitude record is great i'm we i finally get to see them uh in a few weeks when they play ldv2 and I'm, I'm really excited that was one of my favorite records of the year i think but like I, it's been cool like the the reception from the lp has been awesome and I mean, hopefully the next record sucks uh, less. Less. It's <laughs> <laughs> like really hope for at this point. Like someone asked me, they're just like, "Well, people really seem to like the record. Like, are you are you afraid that like they might not like the next one?" <laughs> I was just like, uh, "I wasn't until you said that." Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like I think the new batch. Like we have most of the records done. Like musically, at least we're just kind of waiting on Drew. I think we have like two more songs that we need to write to finish it out. And I think it's it's like. It's a lot like the the last one, but it's it's like better. It's a little bit more mature and sounding. Like we're we're taking like different elements of like the kind of harker we like from that era and, and kind of churching it up a little bit. I think it's I think it's cool. I think people like it. If they don't, that's fine. I don't care. I like it. So just throw the Lana Del Rey cover on there. Dude, I'm, <laughs> it'll save know, the, the more, day. The more we, the more I like, kind of tell people about it, like, oh, that sounds really cool, and I'm just like, yeah. But then I play it, and it sounds like a Green Day song, and I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Literally, any time I'm like, because like I'm, I'm a, I'm okay with like 
you know, I grew up like when I was younger, like listen to Dookie and shit. And I was like, I'm cool. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. But every time I think of like Green Day, I still just think of fucking American Idiot because that's just Dude, that record. Okay, listen, that's a good record. Go back and listen to it now. Don't do it at five o'clock in the morning because I don't want to be responsible for you flipping a car. <laughs> Go back and listen to it now. It's it's not bad. Okay, we were gonna we we were gonna cover Green Day and what fucking song? Was, we were gonna cover Basket Case at Promcore last year, and like I think we learned most of it, and then we got a new bass player and he didn't have like the time to learn it at that point. So then we just kind of scrapped it. We got a new bass player in like I think like early May maybe or like maybe it was late April or something like that. And then his first show, he it was like his first. It, this is his first band ever, and we're just like we didn't want to overload him. Like oh hey, you need to learn like. All of these songs that we have, plus this stupid cover that we'll probably never play again after this one time. <laughs> he's like twenty. He was twenty at the time, so we didn't. Uh, we didn't want to like overload him. And then the first show he ever played with us was uh, like that Knox Loose tour that happened a while back with like them and Higher Power and Harm's Way. Like we got on that, and that was his like very first show, like oh, ever. Fuck. Like we didn't know that. <laughs> We're just like, hey, are you excited? He's like, yeah. Uh, that was that was my first show that I ever played. I was like, oh fuck, <laughs> okay. I was like, what's all down here, downhill from here, man? Just throw it out there. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing. That's a like imagine being playing like a show like that, having like that be your expectation. Like that's the bar, dude. <laughs> dude, I told him I was like, you know, just let you know, like that's that's not like a regular occurrence. <laughs> oh man, was he like, oh really? <laughs> dude, he loves that. He like he he loves that band. So like. I could tell he was like kind of nervous about it. I was like, dude, there's a lot of fucking people here. Like, I feel you. Like, you, we can be nervous together. It's okay. But he's just like, no, I'm, I'm fine. Don't fucking, <laughs> lie. Don't fucking lie to me. Like, we're playing LDV, like the pre-show thing coming up, and it got moved to the skate park. And there's like hundreds of fucking tickets sold. And I'm just like, dude, every time that they post that there's like, oh, there's 20 tickets left. There's 10 tickets left. I start thinking about the amount of people that are gonna be in the room. And I'm just like, oh fuck, I'm gonna throw up and then quit. Because <laughs> like all bands, you want people to be there, and you don't want an empty show. But then you, then when you, so then when, people, like then, nobody else in my band feels that way, they're all just like, oh yeah, like I don't really think about that. And I was like, I think about that literally all the time. Then when you don't have to like, because like you you worry about it for a little while, and like about people showing up, and then then you stop worrying about that. And once you stop worrying about that, you start worrying about oh shit, there is a lot of people there. Yeah, like when we did those defeater shows, it was oh, like yeah. hundred to like two hundred people, depending on like what city it was. It's just like, oh, this sucks, man. <laughs> it's like, can you all like go take a cigarette break or some shit? Yeah, they did the Modern Life is War tour. I was like, fuck. I was like, I was like, this is. I forgot like that. I didn't, you know, when bands you don't know, like you, you haven't kept up on in a minute. You don't know like what their like fucking pull is anymore. Like I was, and then I saw the room was just fucking packed. I was Dude, just like, holy shit. That's that, like, it was kind of like that with those shows that we did with them. It was a little weird. The whole tour was fucking weird because, like, I took a nap one day and then I woke up and then we were on those shows. Like, that's literally how that whole thing came to be. We didn't speak to a single person in the band or, like, any of their, like, representatives or anything like that. One day I just got, like, an email from someone in Chicago being like, oh, hey, do you guys want to play this show? I was like, oh, uh, yeah, maybe. And then the St. Louis person contacted us and asked us. And then the Milwaukee person contacted and asked us. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why are we getting asked to play these shows from five hours away? 
and we found out like, oh yeah, the feeder like requested you guys jump on these shows. And I was like, oh shit. Did you what? know anyone in the band? No, we've <laughs> never met any of them until the first night that we played. And they so they just fucking found your record. It was yeah. Like... They they found us from uh, a Hate Five Six video when we played <laughs> Tulsa last year, and they knew a friend of ours, Cat, uh, who who sings in Fum, and I guess she like vouched for us too. And then fucking we're playing three shows with them. I was like, oh, all right, cool, that's a thing. And then like it was weird. Like, There's like green rooms, and like we got free water and like catering buyouts and shit. And I was just, like, yo. This is tight. I don't want to be poor anymore. <laughs> I was like, I'm over this shit, dude. Fuck that. I'm trying to get rich. I don't want nobody to talk to me no more. Let's, I don't want nobody to touch me anymore. The, let's fucking sell out. If you want to fucking talk to me, you're going to talk to my fucking agent. That's what I'm fucking saying. I'm just like, listen, I don't want anybody poor touching me anymore. So if we, if we could like go have, like some way to get that to happen. Damn, dude, it was oh, it was so weird. Like it was really cool, and like all those guys were really nice to us. But I don't know, it was just it was odd for us at first. I was like, Ooh, all right. And he gave us a bunch of money at the end. I got we got paid with a check at one point. I was like, what in the fuck a big a, a big this? fucking Vegas lottery check. <laughs> it was it was for a hundred dollars in Chicago, and I was like, a check. I was like, this is a fucking Walgreens man. Like he had me fill out a W nine. Like the promoter had me fill out like tax paperwork for it. And I was like, I get like, it. You, I fully understand. You guys got your socials ready. But I hate this. I hate it here right now. I was like, this is weird. That's... But they were just like super nice to us. Just like, yeah, we heard your band, we liked you, so we we you know got you guys on the shows. And I was like, yeah, man, I appreciate it. But I was like. I took a nap, and the next thing I know, oh, hey, we're playing with the feeder for three days. I was like, oh, sick. Dude, sometimes cool. it, it literally just happens like that. You put yourself out there. Like, it's it's weird just, like, if you're out there on the internet and you're also doing your thing, like, people just, like, randomly fucking find... I, it's weird how people, like, find music, especially people who are higher up there and like booking and shit. Like, Yeah, that was the weirdest part about the whole thing. It was just like, why? How, like, Drew asked... Derek, their singer, the last day, like before we got in our band to leave, he was just like, "Hey man, I got a question. Uh, what the fuck are we doing here?" <laughs> <laughs> he was just like, he was just like oh, "I heard your band, I liked it, so uh, you know, we thought you guys would want to play the shows." And, we're, and he's just like, "I mean, yeah, we do. Thank you. Like, we appreciate everything you guys did. I'm just curious." <laughs> I'm just like, "Hey man, at least somebody said it." It's <laughs> like, like it sounds ungrateful, like but it's just like, it's, I get, I get it. Being like in a band like that, being like. How do you guys know who we are? <laughs> yeah, like, everyone in our band like loved that band when they had like that big like pop in like the like the what was it, like two thousand nine stuff like that. Everyone was all about it, and then I was just like, yeah, like I kind of liked the Defeater when I was in high school. Like, it was cool, and then they were freaking out, and I was like, I forgot they were a band still. I and I guess yeah, they put out that new record and super nice dudes. Like we toured with it was them and uh, this band called Field Mouse. Okay. Field which is like an indie band so like that sounds like a run for cover band that sounds like a run dude, for cover they, band they're uh oh fuck they're a top shelf band okay top shelf that's that that's that makes sense too i forgot to, top shelf was the thing dude i haven't listened dude. to like top shelf or like any of the like early like fucking 2010 to 2014 like emo revival style bands like in years they're just like a really solid like sick like indie type band and they were really nice to all of us like it was it was honestly like we were kind of out of place on that whole tour just because like the feeder was playing a lot of their newer stuff and then i don't know like field mouse was just like very soft and like 
people liked it. It was, it was you know, like, well-played. Then there was just us. He was like, what's up? You guys like carry-on? Same. Let's go. We're going to play Same. 12 minutes. It's going Fucking... to be cool. Fuck. Like, you were giving us, like, 30-minute time slots. I was like, oh, fuck. What are we going to do with that? So I, I can tell you're in your car and uh, you're off to do something. So we'll. Uh... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got to go pick up my, my kid from school. Oh, fuck. So we're going to wrap this up. Um, any uh, last things you want to say before we get out of here? Um, let me see. We're going to put out some records and play some places. It'll be cool. If you want to come to either of those things, that'd be cool too, man. Uh, bring bread. Fuck. And <laughs> we're, we're only charging bread for records and shows and merch from here on out. Dude, I then, hope uh, if someone, dude. what if someone hears this and actually shows up with a fucking loaf of like Dave's killer? I will accept this joke one time and one time only. So whoever does it first, I'll give you a record for some bread. <laughs> I this is yeah no, yeah. I will commit can... to the bit for for one loaf of bread. Absolutely. If you bring peanut butter, you can get a fucking shirt too. Oh fuck! I can I can live with that. I I'm. I'm down. This is this is staying in the interview. I hope. Oh no, I'm serious. I hope someone does. I hope someone does it. Please. If they do. I 100 be like, yeah, absolutely. If someone asks me about it, I'd be like, yeah, dude. I promised whoever brought me a loaf of bread, that's peanut butter, it's a fucking free merch. Say something about it, dude. If 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 it is, I'm still. I'm. I like. If it doesn't happen and some nobody ever does it, I'm gonna commit to the bit. And and when you and when you if you come to to Tacoma on Amazon Pantry. I, I prefer white bread with fucking Peter, Peter Pan or Jif. I prefer Peter Pan, but, you know, it can't be choosy. None of that weird shit. None of that cookie butter. None of that crap. Just regular-ass peanut butter. Smooth. You showing up with Chunky, you ain't getting nothing. All right. I think that's a that's a good time for a hard stop. We're I think d- so. I just wanted to get that point, point across. Chunky peanut butter is garbage. Smooth peanut butter forever. Okay. Oh, man. I could go on. I love, I like Chunky, dude. Dude, I love I just, chunky. I like my peanut butter smoothie. I don't like texture. I don't. I don't, I don't need that in my life. I don't need when smooth. I, when I wake up in the morning, I'm just like, you know what? I don't want a mouthful of like half-ass peanut butter. I like the chunky, dude. The texture's good. It's good with a little bit of, with a little bit of jam, just like a little bit for a PB and J. You know, that's that's your journey, and like, if you want to be wrong, <laughs> it's your right to be wrong. You know, that's that's my fucking that's my rough and rocky road, of fucking chunky peanut butter. That's that. That's, fine. that's my road, and I will walk hard. Dude, I watched that movie recently. <laughs> Solid flick. Just still holds up. You never <laughs> once paid for drugs. No, I fucking, I fucking love. <laughs> you go drop acid with the Beatles, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we, we quote that shit all the time. Whenever like Drew will say something like, "Yeah, uh, well, you just tell us wherever to go, and we'll go." Like, like you do that. I'm just like, I know. I'm the leader of the Beatles. I'm the leader of the Beatles. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. You gotta open your mind to new experiences. <laughs> God damn it. I gotta go watch that movie again later. Fuck. Or do LSD. Whatever. All right, okay, alright, second. If you bring LSD to said gigs, I will give you a record. And Brad, whatever. <laughs> Will trade merch for LSD, <laughs> bread, peanut butter, or weed, honestly, too. <laughs> What what if it, they the, the combo of the lot? What if they That's just fine. Do all... There's no dirt weed. Don't be bringing that Reggie to our table. Like <laughs> me and Travis be big mad, dude. Deck dudes don't give a fuck. We will fight you. Oh, only big doinks. Big doinks only. <laughs> no Reggie. Leave that shit at home. 
that's all. I, that's that's what I really would like to end with is you know, big dogs only, no Reggie. All right, so we're gonna play some songs from, from Time and Pressure. <laughs> and we'll, <laughs> and we'll, <laughs> fuck. Uh, I'm sitting in the line to go pick up my fucking my five year old from school with this shit. God damn, I'm the worst. This is. Oh God, this is qual. This is gonna be some quality, quality shit right here for oh, you. I hope nobody listens to it because I don't want a bunch of people bringing me fucking shitty stale bread. bread <laughs> laced with LSD. I'm gonna get fucking rye bread and be real pissed. <laughs> oh man, we're we're keep we're keeping it. We'll see. We're gonna. We're gonna see where this uh where this path goes. Um, I have a good feeling about it. Oh yeah, no great feelings. We're gonna play some songs from Time Pressure, and then we'll uh we'll be right back. You're listening to Dead Air, two hours of hardcore radio. <laughs>
What's up, you sorry motherfuckers? This is another Moshpot reminder to follow Bebear on Facebook at facebook.com slash Radio and both Instagram and Twitter at BebearNWCZ. Do it before I crowd kill your entire fucking family while whining about people not supporting the scene enough.
damn shout out to James. It's uh, I forget how fun it is to uh, talk to them Midwest boys. Um, and that was just a good time. Uh, Gateway City Sound is just such a good fucking record. I, I can't say I can't say that enough. I hope um, get the hell over here, James, and time and pressure. Get over to the Pacific Northwest for just another gig or some sort of fucking gig up out here. And I think it'll be um, just a fun ass time. I'm I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing y'all in this year or maybe next year. Also, be on the lookout for some new tunes from them. Um, possibly a fucking Lana Del Rey cover. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but the last uh, few episodes have been... I've, just, I've been really enjoying like the content. Just uh, I hope you have. If you haven't, let me know. But like I've been just having fun um, just talking and shooting the shit. And it's, I think it's translated well, at least from my listening standpoint. But... Let me know. Let me know if there's something I can improve. You you hear you heard the little spots and stuff. Dead air, nwcz at gmail.com. Sorry for the squeaky chair, and I apologize for the squeaky chair. The squeaky chair is, I know from other stations, as the least favorite thing from the listeners and from the people who put on who uh, who play my show on other stations. Apologize because I made the chair squeak real bad right there. Anyways, music. Uh, there's a pretty short block, to be honest. Um, played two songs from Time and Pressure. Number tw- number 75 and The Lost Boys. First couple tracks off the Gateway City Sound. If you haven't checked that out, you really should. Especially if you're fans of Carry On and Go It Alone and like kind of mid-2000s style hardcore. Um, another, then we played another band kind of in that same lane I would... I would say we'll see. They only have a couple songs. Now we'll see what more music brings um, from a, a California band called Tuning. Um, this is off their promo 2020. They're currently going to be on tour. They're going to be on tour with Slapshot for their for Slapshot's 35 years of hardcore tour, which is a West Coast exclusive tour currently. Maybe more to come, but right now it's just the West Coast. If you live in the Pacific Northwest, down California, and um, and all and all those places in the Southwest as well. You should definitely go check it out. Um, between end of January, early February, should be should be fun. They play, They came out last year, and it's cool that uh, after thirty five years, they're continually uh, they're keeping this keeping the uh, hardcore alive. Thirty five years. Hopefully, another thirty five to go. And uh, what did we have after that? Like I said, very short. That we ended this set. Set is is pretty much done. Um, where's the playlist? Anyways, we played Primitive Hand from Fortune's Fool uh, from Colorado Springs. Uh, we talked about them in the last episode a little bit. Um, how just there was a fucking heavy ass set. They have a new um, record out titled V um, check it out uh, it looks a lot li- the artwork looks a lot like uh, the Pog- the Detective Pikachu artwork for the movie and somebody posted that I was like damn damn you're right but 
Heavy, heavy hardcore fans, check it out. And we're going to end this with uh, new music from Typecast. They have music that's coming out on Believe the Flats, the Flat Spot Records. Yep, Flat Spot. And they're also going on tour with Sanction, with Vamakar, with Sanction, Sea Space Cowboy, and Vamakara. All over full, like basically a full US tour in late February, March, mid, actually mid February to late March. Do it. Uh, new record on Flat Spot's going to be out soon. Uh, February 7th to be specific and exact. So check that out. Uh, typecast. I I haven't listened to too much of it, but I really like the back and forth vocals between the two vocalists. They're going on with this heavy hardcore. Very competent heavy hardcore. That's that's a lot in this lane of stuff that I would, I would compare a little bit to Hands of God. Um... We'll see what this new record brings, but like I said, this is a this is an age of a lot of heavy hardcore, and there's been a lot of heavy hardcore the last few years, so it does stuff gets buried, and I was pleasantly surprised hearing this new stuff from Typecast, not really giving them a chance, even though they have been a band that has actually come to my area in the Pacific Northwest a couple times the last couple years when no other bands would, so... That's uh, that's all I got to say. Uh, I need to do this stuff in the beginning of the show, but at the end, I'll, I'll, I'll just do that anyway. So check us out. You can go to deadairhardcoreradio.com to check out all the places that we play as far as radio stations. Um, you can check us out. We're now on Spotify. Please give us a follow and a listens. Um, thank you for people who have started to do that it's kind of slowly trickling it's gonna be a slow crawl till we get the numbers i'm hoping um but thank you for people who have uh followed and done all that we're also on anchor fm and hopefully soon it's been it's been over a week and i'm hoping you get on it'll put it um anchor will put all our stuff on all the other places but if not i'm just gonna get it manual and then at least in the next couple if I, if I have to do it by myself in the next couple of weeks, I will manually just get it on all the every podcast provider I possibly can. So so there's infinite ways to listen to Dead Air. So that's it. That's all I got to say. Thanks for listening. See y'all next time. <laughs>